All right, hey, welcome everyone to the first episode of Digging Deeper podcast. Yes, uh, so our goal with this podcast is to dig deeper into each week's sermons and just dig into the weeds of it a little bit more so that way we might just dig it a little bit deeper into our hearts. And so we are so glad that y'all joined us for this first episode. I am Chris Brown, and I am the associate pastor here at First Baptist Hazel. Jacob, who are you? My name is Jacob Belding. I'm the Connections Minister here at First Baptist Hazel. Yep. And so we're just going to sit and talk about uh, you know what happened on Sunday. And if at any time you want to, feel free to comment uh, down below, and we'd love to interact with you later on and uh, just get your feedback on what's going on here. And so, uh, Jacob, we had some special guests on Sunday. Who was it? Yes, we did. It was the adult teen challenge people adult uh, teen challenge who, yeah. who are those do you know who they are um they are a uh, it's a group of guys it's a ministry where uh people will who struggle with uh different types of addictions um uh, especially it seems like uh they get to come and sign on for a year-long ministry program to help them uh, not only uh, clean up their lives but also to uh, to fill themselves up uh, with learning about who the Lord is and really becoming a disciple in Christ. Uh, it seemed like it was a really impressive program. Yeah, uh, yeah, we had uh, 35 guys, I think was the number, 35 guys come as a guy's choir and sing uh, and do the worship for us and share their testimonies, and uh, I think it startled our little Baptist hearts. It, it, it certainly <laughs> did, Chris. <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll have to go back and watch it to see exactly what we mean there, um, but uh, it was a good day. Uh, I got a lot of good feedback on people hearing uh, the testimonies and got a good shot in on the pastor with the Corvette, and <laughs> you know, so it's it was a good day. Um, but anyway, so the sermon is what we're mainly going to talk about today. Uh, so Pastor Lee gave a sermon, and it was called um, "When God Seems Far Away," and uh, I really liked uh, the way he structured the sermon because it was kind of asking the question of um, when when you feel like God is far away, what do you do? What's the next steps that you take? And so he gave us four steps uh, to take, and one is to share it with God. Two is to claim God's promises. Three is to get up, and four is to draw close to God. And so we're going to dig into um, those four points a little bit more in just a second. But first, I got a question for you. So, uh, whenever we do topics like this, like when God seems far away, or, or kind of like the the harder, darker parts of life, um, I usually get a lot of good response to it. Like people usually talk to me. We actually talked to a guy yesterday um, that was like, "Man, yeah, that was really applicable." to my life and why do you think that is when we talk those when we talk about those more dark um, moments of life we get a lot of response why do you think that is um, because there there are many different dark moments in life um, and so that you know tackling these things head-on uh, in a sermon and and uh, structuring it the way that that Lee did was a uh, just a really good way to help to reach people especially I mean you know if uh, let's be honest, if, if God seems far away from you, it's probably not like you're going to throw that up on your Facebook post, uh, on your Facebook page, you know, <laughs> and make that your status. Well, you know, God just seems far away. I, I don't know, you might, uh, but... Usually we don't. No, not usually. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times it's all the good things. Uh, well, there may even be like some shame to it, too, of like, right. you know, if you feel like God is far away, uh, you know, you're not a good Christian. Right. Um, or... You know, you've done something and, like, you know, you want to kind of maintain this persona. And so, yeah, I think it's super applicable and um, and hits home with a lot of people. I know there's been times in my life that God feels really far away. Um, yeah. 
And so, uh, yeah, these four steps are pretty cool. I like them. Um, so the scripture they used was Psalm 10.1. Do you actually have that up? Uh, yes, I do. Yep. Uh, it says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Yeah. So here's what I love about the Psalms, is that the Psalms are like, it's, it's David mostly, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them he is just being super um, authentic in terms of like, this is what is going on in my life. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the first point that, that uh, Pastor Lee got into is to share it with God. If you feel like God is far away from you, share it with God. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that is? Um, well, I mean, the first, in a lot of ways, the first step you know, is to recognizing the problem, right? And not just running away from it even more. So uh, if you th- even think about uh, in Genesis chapter 3, uh, Adam and Eve are there in the garden. They, uh, they have sinned. Uh, they have hidden themselves from God. They, um, y- you know, they, well, they go and hide themselves. They hear God coming, and they're afraid. And so uh, God comes walking through the garden, and he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam's like, uh, I'm hiding, basically. Uh, so Adam uh, and Eve there, uh, they, they really did the opposite, right? They hid themselves from God. And, uh, you know, the result may not have been that different, um, honestly, if they uh, if they had just shown themselves from the get-go and, and weren't afraid and weren't hiding. Um, but um, I, I think, you know, it's definitely something that, that is a struggle for – it can be a struggle for all of us to run further away and to continue hiding yeah, uh, yeah just when hide. we feel far from God. Yeah, and uh, so what comes to my mind is just confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I think a lot of times when we hear the word confession, like, we immediately go to sin. And, like, you know – probably for good reason. Most of the time when we talk about confession is sin. But actually, I heard a, a statement this past week that's like confession. Yes, while it does mainly revolve around sin, it's just saying what is true. You're just confessing mm-hmm. what is true in your life. And, and in this moment, you know, if, if you feel like God's far, what's true in your life is God seems far from me. And what I do, what I need to do is just confess. I need someone else to hear these words come out of my mouth most particularly God. Mm-hmm. And he actually said Jesus did this. Yep. On the cross. Yep. Quoting Psalm 22. Uh, what, you got that on you? Or, uh, you, or you, you might be able to at I'll least quote the first part. It's, uh, yeah, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it's, uh, why do you seem so far from me? Yeah. And again, harken back on the Psalms, which we, we know uh, that Psalm uh, 22 is a prophecy talking about Jesus and uh, for foreshadowing what Jesus was going to do on the cross. But, but Jesus quoted that Psalm, and I think that's exactly how I felt in that moment. It's like, why do I feel forsaken? And we're going to get into how that wasn't necessarily the case um, right. on the cross. Uh, but... But that's how he felt in that moment. Uh, he felt forsaken. He felt like God was really far from him. So what does he do? He confesses. He it. prays. He yeah. prays it, and he, he just he he gives it up into the world and just says, "God, this is how I feel right now." Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. Any thoughts on that? Any other thoughts? Um, no, it was all good stuff so far. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he got into also Moses. It was a similar situation with the Israelites. Mm-hmm. How. Um, Israelites were really uh, quick to complain, uh, but Moses took it straight to God, uh, as he should have. Um, and so, yeah, again, just share it with God. If you're in a place right now that you feel like God is far from you, uh, share it with God, share it with others. Uh, the Bible doesn't just call us to confess what's going on in our life to God, but also to others for healing, mm-hmm. as uh, James says. Yep. All right, so one, share it with God. Number two, claim God's promises. 
Got any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Lee brought up uh, the fact that Jesus also did that mm-hmm. in Psalm 22, verse 24. So let me pull that up. Psalm 22, verse 24, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard uh, when he cried to him. So, I mean, the the fact that uh, God is there, right, and he, he sees and he knows, uh, and he doesn't despise uh, those of us who are afflicted, uh, if and when we are afflicted. Uh, instead, uh, he he hears our cries uh, mm-hmm. to him. So it's directly tied back to the first one. Yeah, and uh, here's what I love about the Psalms, and it you know it's fitting that Jesus you know said this because it is Psalm 22. But you see this in a lot of the other Psalms as well. That uh, David almost kind of takes the structure of here's how I feel in this moment, and then after he kind of says how he feels, he's like, now this is what is true. Right. Um, and so it's like, in this moment, I feel like you are far from me, but here's what I know is true. You're mm-hmm. not far from me. For Jesus, here's, I feel forsaken, but here's what's true. I am not despised. Right. I'm not rejected. And so that's um, that's really important because we live in a culture of feelings, right? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. You got uh, three girls in your house, feelings, right? <laughs> Lots of feelings. <laughs> My daughter wakes up in the mornings, feelings. Yes. And so it's... Um, Feelings are good. Here's a quote that, that I heard uh, from Jonathan Picoluto. Feelings are good. They're just not reliable. That's right. Feelings are good. They're God-given. They're just not reliable. So if you, whatever you feel in that moment is very true. It's very true. You're feeling that thing. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't mean that it's true. Right. And that's where I think that the disconnection happens is a lot of times um, we feel like God's far from us, so therefore God is far from us. Right. Yeah, and it's like, no, 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 no. Confess what's what you're feeling, but remind yourself of what is true. And this kind of gets to where um, you see in the Psalms also where he starts preaching to himself. Yep. It's like, so instead of allowing yourself, I think John Piper said this, um, allow, instead of allowing yourself to preach uh, to you, you preach to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, it's kind of, back, or, uh, kind of a conundrum there. But, uh, and so what are some promises for those who have placed their faith in christ what are some promises surrounding this topic that we that you think we could claim um well uh well first off one of them is uh the fact that i mean those who god uh, loves and uh has saved uh he'll he'll carry us through to the end so we can really rest in that even when uh when we feel like god is far away from us when we don't feel close to him when we don't we're not ex- having any sort of other spiritual experiences, right? Reminding ourselves that if if it is in fact uh, if it is in fact that we have placed our faith in Christ, that He has saved us, uh, He's going to hold us to the end. Now, that doesn't mean that you know there's not things for us to do, as we'll see later on in some of these other uh, points from Lee's sermon. But um, just that right there, uh, just knowing that you know it's not us, uh, it's not we ourselves who who save us it's not that we have to be good enough it's all based on jesus and his righteousness and so uh if as long as we're trusting in him and following him even if our our feelings aren't there uh that's okay uh just remind yourself that that god loves you and that uh we are we're his children yeah and the great thing about claiming god's promises is it's not us making it up like it's in the bible Right. right so like romans 8 
It's like, you know, there's nothing that's going to separate us from the love of God. Uh, I can't think of the one, but the one that Jesus says, um, no one can snatch you out of my hand. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right. Kind of thing. So if you've placed your faith in Christ, if you haven't, this is a different discussion for right. you. Um, but if you have placed your faith in Christ, um, there are scriptures that you can lean on and, and specifically point to of like, God will not forsake you. That's right. And so if you feel like God has forsaken you, again, it's okay to feel that way and confess that and, and, and share that with God. But remind yourself, go to God's promises, God's word, and remind yourself of what is actually true. Even though I feel like God has forsaken me, he hasn't forsaken me. Right. And, and just remind yourself of that. Now, here's um, – uh, but before we move on to the other one, um, you have kids. And yes. I have kids. Yes. Um, and there's times that, you know, when, when you have kids, it, it kind of, like, puts it into a, a new world. Like, you can kind of see – in a in a skewed way you can kind of view through the lens of god a little mm-hmm. bit more towards us because uh, our relationship with god is like he's father and we're children right. uh and so now once you have kids you know we're fathers and they're children so we get a little bit different view going on um is there a world or is there situations where your kids may feel like you're far from them but you're really not um yeah, especially when uh, when they have to be disciplined, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Um, when when they know that they've done something wrong and our, our fellowship between us or uh, like me and whichever kid that it is that we're talking about or between kids even, um, and there has to be discipline, then, you know, they, they may feel in that moment that, yeah. Uh, God that hates I'm, me. Right. Or my dad hates me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just yeah. just their dad. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, dad hates me. Why, why yeah. would he – why would he uh, punish me like this? Or why would he discipline me like that mm-hmm. for these things that I've done? But it's actually the fact that I'm disciplining them yes, the demonstrates uh, that I love them and care for them. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to just let them do whatever it is that they want because, you know, that that leads to uh, not good things, yeah, uh, bad roads and things. So I've actually got an example on the other end of the spectrum of that. Uh, so I, I share this one Sunday when I preached, but there was a time when uh, my daughter Lottie, she was probably one, around one, and she was playing uh, with a friend, and the friend came up and stole her toy away. And she just got so sad. Um, and and I could just tell in that moment, it was like almost the first time she's ever experienced heartbreak. And I was watching from a distance. I didn't step in. I didn't do anything. Yeah, but I was, I was there. Um, and I... Uh, and I was mourning alongside her, grieving alongside of her. And I'm sure in that moment she felt so alone. And she, I, I doubt she didn't look at me. And so I doubt that she even realized that anyone was there in that moment with her. But I was there. Mm-hmm. And even though I wasn't taking an active, uh, even though I wasn't an active participant in what was going on, I was right there yeah. alongside her, even if she didn't realize it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, share it with God. Claim God's role. Re- Sorry. <laughs> Claim God's promises. And then number three, get up. You're not a victim. <laughs> get up. Okay. What, what, what thoughts you got? Um, well, uh, Lee quoted uh, Isaiah 52, verse 2. I thought maybe we should start off and we can read that if I can get it pulled up. Yeah. Isaiah 52. Need some background music? Yeah, that's right. Judy, you got background music? <laughs> there we go. All right. All right. There's your background music. Yeah. All right. Uh, here, this is Isaiah 52, verse 2. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. Be seated, O Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. 
So uh, Lee even, he did a really good job uh, contextualizing this um, as far as where the Israelites were in their history. So Isaiah uh, is writing to, uh, to the, the people of Israel. This is going to be the generation that comes out of <coughs> the Babylonian exile. And so, hey, uh, how easy would it have been for them just to sort of keep on living their lives, uh, even if they were uh, very much oppressed uh, there by, uh, by the Persians uh, and, and living in exile for the rest of their lives. Um, it, it may have been far easier to do that than to face the hardships of returning uh, to uh, the kingdom of Judah and reestablishing uh, Jerusalem, uh, reestablishing the temple, rebuilding the walls, and, and really getting, uh, getting God's people as a people group up off the ground again. Um, it had been way easier uh, just mm-hmm. to not. It's mm-hmm. like, man, I just want to, I don't know, maybe I'll do it next week. You know, can we do a rollover when we push the snooze button? Well, and here's the hard part about this uh, in this case. And, and we're, we're moving a little bit from, uh, from you know, we're just feeling like God's far mm-hmm. from us. For, for now we're moving into, okay, something has actively happened where we've removed ourselves from God and mm-hmm. started, yes, that's started right. to drift from yeah. God. Um, and, and here's the sobering reality for the Israelites and, and for us is we have to realize that we are responsible now for the situation that we're in. Yes. And so lots of times God is saying like, hey, you're in bondage. You can get out of bondage anytime you want. Get up. Like, yep. like pull yourself up, come back to me, and boom, you, you will be released. It's like the um, – uh, what was it Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, the the beautiful graduation verse of for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you not to harm you plans for hope in the future, and then after that it yeah. goes into, but yeah, you guys are making some bad decisions pretty much. So so all these plans I have for you, they're not there. No, you're going to go into uh, captivity. And you're going to go through a time of extreme hardship because you are not with me. I have all these things for you, right. but you're drifting away from me. And so tying into Isaiah here, he's like, get up. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. Yeah. It's time to go. Let's and, go. And, man, and that's – why do you think it's hard for us to be introspective in that way and, and be like, okay, maybe I feel far from God, not because God has drifted from me, but because I have drifted from God? Um, yeah, it can – there's a lot of different reasons. Um so uh, Lee mentioned uh, Elijah, uh, and you know he's he's had a, a mountaintop experience. Um, you know he's defeated the prophets of Baal, or God has defeated the prophets of Baal through Elijah. Uh, man, he runs all the way back uh, to the city in front of King Ahab. He probably had some high expectations that hey, everybody has pretty clearly seen that the Lord is God. The Lord is God. The Baals clearly aren't, uh, and so hey. Uh, this is going to be great. Everybody's going to come back, and we're all going to worship the one living and true God. And it didn't take very long for Jezebel to sort of dash that uh, those those dreams of his. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that really is what triggers his uh, his really depression and uh, his anxiety, and uh, really um, just being super down in the depths. And so, uh, for him, and that's is when he he you know finally makes his way out to the wilderness he lays down under a tree and then an angel comes to him you know after he asks to die and says get up just, just kill me now lord yeah. it's like no uh you need to get up eat something uh drink something here uh, to have a nap and then we're going to get up and we're going to go here's a sandwich here's a nap that works with my child yes absolutely um, yeah here's some food here's a nap 
we'll try again yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. But yeah, that was that was kind of a long drawn out ex- explanation of of the answer. Which yeah. I mean, it could be just expectations. Your mm-hmm. expectations have fallen short. Uh, maybe you've been praying for healing for somebody. Um, it, you know, it could be. Uh, like yeah, you didn't answer this, so therefore, where are you? Right. Yeah. 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 It could be, or maybe something. Uh, you know, something awful has happened uh, in your life, and you just kind of didn't expect life to turn out this way, um, even. So, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know. But and the answer is, well, let's get up and let's let's go seek Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he talks about the prodigal son. Yep. Which I think this is a, a beautiful example of this. Um, how. Uh, the prodigal son, who in that relationship, the father and the prodigal get separated mm-hmm. at this point. Whose fault is it? Not the father. The father didn't kick him out. The prodigal son came and asked, Hey, I want my inheritance early. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with this family. I'm out. Mm. And what does he do? He squanders it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, It's like, Okay, go, go. And, and um, Romans 1 talks about this a bit uh, how God is more than. Um, more than happy, I guess I don't know if that's the right way to say it, uh, but God is more than willing to allow us to go away. Yep. Yeah, and so if we're, we, we could be right there alongside God, and if we wake up that morning and we're like, God, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not talking about salvifically here, right. um, but uh, God, I want to dive into my sin, uh, and and God is more than happy to be like, okay, go go dive into your sin. Now, I'm not going to be able to or you're going to feel the effects of what happens because of that. Yep. And whenever you're ready uh, to um, come back and realize uh, the mistakes you've made, man, I'm right here. And that's kind of what, what the prodigal's kind of getting at is that uh, even though uh, the father allowed the prodigal to go out and squander all of the inheritance, he was right there ready and willing and waiting mm-hmm. for him to come back at any time. Yeah. Uh, and and that's just kind of a, a beautiful example. And and it kind of shows, again, the responsibility of the prodigal, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the, he's not going to go out um, – or sorry, the, the prodigal has a responsibility to wake up and say, what have I done? I have drifted away from my father. I've gone over here and, and sought uh, all these things out. I need to get up and go back to right where he left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actually pulls us right into the point four. Point four is yep. draw close to God. So uh, you wake up, you're the prodigal, you're far away, and you realize, man, I've squandered everything that the Lord has given me. I need to get up, take responsibility, and go back. And that's the next point. Draw close to God. You got any thoughts? Um, it, again, it, it sort of goes back to, again, Genesis 3, um, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not God that did the leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, uh, it was us uh, who were disobedient and uh, running away and hiding. And so it's really just, you know, just the opposite. Uh, draw mm-hmm. near to God. Uh, and James tells us that he will draw near to you. And I've never... I, I can't think of a single example, and I'd be willing to say there's not one, uh, but I don't like to speak in absolutes. Um, I can't think of a single absolutely. example, uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> where someone has come repentant to God and God punished them for it. Can you think of one? No, uh, not right here off the top of my head. Well, because it goes contrary to his promises. Right. His promises, like, if, if you come and repent, and if you come and seek me out, like I, I'll I'll be with you, uh, like I'll I'll save you, I'll do these things. And so, 
um, there's never a time, like if you feel far from God and if you've determined, okay, this is my fault, I need to get up and take responsibility for this and come back to God, there's never going to be a time that God's like, ah, I don't know. Well, first, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and then you can come back. Yeah. It's like, no, he doesn't say that. got to pay repentance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Three Hail Marys. Um, uh, no, uh, in fact, not, not only do we see that, but like in the case of Genesis 3, they didn't seek out God. Right. Um, actually, God's the one that he came to them, them out. Yep. and God actually provided a way mm-hmm. for them. So He's like He He clothed them with mm-hmm. the the uh, the fur yep. and the the skin, implying that someone or something or, or an animal took their punishment mm-hmm. uh, for them. Uh, we see uh, the same thing with uh, the uh, the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. You know, kill the fatted calf. Let's have a feast. Um, it, it's often like whenever we do pick up and, and come back to God, that uh, James verse, can't think of the, the complete address off the top of my head, but if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Mm-hmm. It's like he's faithful and just to draw near to you. And so there's not going to be a time where you're like, oh, will he take me back? He will. Mm-hmm. He will. Um, and so so that's kind of the, the thing to think about. And I think that happens a lot in relationships is when there is some kind of disunity that gets introduced into relationships. There's the fear of, even if I confess this, they're not going to want anything to do with me at all. Uh, I've talked to a few people that have had affairs, and that was the biggest thing that that hindered them from confessing the affair is, my wife will leave me. You know, my spouse will leave me. Um, I'll lose them. And, and while that may be like a very like real possibility, in this world, uh, that doesn't translate to God, right? right? Yeah, um, there, there's always the case where if you come repentant and confessing to the Lord and seeking Him out, He will respond. Yep. Yep. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Um, no, I think uh, that was all really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed this one, When God Seems Far Away. So if you're in a position where you feel like God is far away, where it seems like God is far away from, from you, what do you do? You share it with God confess it to him, confess it to others even, uh, of how you feel in that moment. Claim God's promises. Don't forget what is true. Don't don't convince yourself what you feel is true, but, but look at God's word and remind yourself of what is true. Get up, evaluate whether you have responsibility in you have drifted from God, and you, maybe you need to get up and take responsibility for that. And then four, draw close to God. Mm-hmm. If you have drifted from God, draw back near to God and get back in. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, cool. it was good. All right. Well, we're going to shift now into uh, a segment. Uh, what's it called? Bad Doctrine of the Week. Yes. So Pastor Lee every now and then likes to um, likes to share bad doctrines of the week. And so we thought, man, this is a great time. We're going to, on this podcast, uh, just talk about the bad doctrine of the week. So if, if Pastor Lee shares one on Sunday, we'll talk about it. If he doesn't share one, we'll just come up with our own. Yeah. So, Jacob, what is this week's bad doctrine of the week? This week's bad doctrine of the week is self marriage, <laughs> which you know it's it's funny that Lee had never heard of this before because I mean this has been a thing for a while. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't um, know if I've heard of it. Now, I don't know about all the the legal aspects or how official some mm-hmm. of these things are, but uh, no, it's uh, there's a news story pops up every now and then of of people marrying themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of reminds me of the. Uh, y'all ever watch that show, My Strange Addiction? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there was a guy that he loved his car, 
like they marry the car literally loved the car i can't remember if he <laughs> married the car or not but it was oh man um but anyway bringing it back uh people marrying themselves um so an, an image that i don't want to know is you know at the end we, we were at a wedding uh this past week and at the end of the the wedding you may not kiss the bride how does that work? You do the trick where you turn around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pull the, the eighth grader. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Okay. So, again, we, we don't know the legalities of um, marrying yourself, but but we were talking about this earlier. And um, if you marry yourself, can you file jointly on your taxes? Be a cool trick. Yeah. If you can, that is the greatest tax dodge of all time is just marry yourself. Are we in a world now where that's that's considered a thing where, like, if you disagree with me marrying myself, then now you're hateful? I, but you're, uh, I guess. I mean, <laughs> if I was single, I would try that. Judah, are you going to try that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Judah's going to try that. Um, just uh, <laughs> let us know how it goes. <laughs> so, so on your taxes, put Judah Sandiford, and then filing single or jointly, put jointly, and then it's like spouse Judah Sandiford. <laughs> Just see what they say, and if they come back and say you can't do this, or we're gonna knock at my door. Yeah, yeah, the IRS. You won't uh, get a knock. You'll get a one of those uh, battering rams <laughs> through the door, and it'll be in the middle of the night, and you won't like it. <laughs> so, no, don't actually do that. Yeah. So if uh, if they say you can't do that, then just claim claim that they're hating you. Yeah, that's then, right. Yeah, <laughs> then you can do it. All right, Jesus is gonna give that shot, and you know we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how that works. But let's let's just move for a second into um, the theological aspect of this because you know we can't talk about bad doctrine without talking why it's wrong right. theologically. Right. So marriage. What? How's the Bible define marriage? Uh, marriage is between one man and one woman. This is, and that implies that it's another person, right? Right. <laughs> right. Not yourself. Yeah. I mean, it would be really like I don't know. Uh, that's it's just crazy to think about like marrying yourself like. Mm-hmm. We're, we're already we're all lovers of self. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like so come so, out that so way. You, you pulled up the article. What, re, read that title. Well, I, I'm not sure if this is the one that he oh, used, uh, but this is one of them. These women wanted a symbolic expression of self-love, so they married themselves. Okay. Self-love. That's where, that's the stem of it all, right? Self-love. You're married. Yep. I'm married. Marriage isn't about self-love. N- no <laughs> no it's not <laughs> marriage is about loving the other person right right that's the whole point of marriage yep. is i'm going to pour myself out for you and now they're reversing marriage and saying it's not about pouring myself out for you it's about pouring myself out for me <laughs> i'm gonna pour myself into me it's gonna be great you know yeah and man marriage is one of the greatest sanctifiers in the in the world oh, right like absolutely I was single until I was, um, I met Randy when I was 25, I think. We got married when I was 27. And so prior to being married, it was all about me. If I wanted to wake up at 12 a.m. and go to Taco Bell, man, I went to Taco Bell. Uh, Now, if I wake up at 12 a.m. and I have a hankering to go to Taco Bell, what do I got to do? First, I need to wake her up (laughs) and and be like, hey, is this cool? Because it's not just about me anymore. It's not just about what I want to do. It's about what she wants to do also some might argue it's more importantly about what she wants to do because yep. i'm trying to love her and care for her as christ did the church that's right um and so so it's uh, it's not about self-love it's about loving the others and and marriage has a way of 
bringing to light all of your deepest selfishness. Mm-hmm. And just now you have to deal with it. Um, it's like I'm so mad right now in this point in our marriage. Why is that? Well, it's not as much as what she's doing as much as about like what's in my heart. Right. So now i got to deal with that. Kids, even more so. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, they just add another level of that. And so whenever you do self-love, self-marriage, is that what they call it? Um, well, let's find out. Yeah. Uh, whenever you do that, now it's not about how can I best love you. It's just more of how can I love myself. Right. Like we need any help in that yeah, category. Yeah. <laughs> was it Francis Chan? Uh, he's uh, talking. People will come up to him. He's like, man, I just I just need to go through a season where I love myself. I, I, I just don't love myself where well. Like I always love other people. I don't love myself. He's like. You seem to love yourself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. Yeah. It's like, uh, and and sometimes, you know, whenever we're at that point, man, I just really need to, you know, just love on myself more. Like sometimes having a good and faithful friend sitting next to you, right? When you say that, (laughs) uh, right? (laughs) Uh, Is helpful uh, for sure. Yep. So, so it's uh, so, so log me. Sologamy. Uh, this is uh, oh, so. There's an actual word for it. Yeah, self marriage, and it's all symbolic, is what it says. So I guess, so, like I guess polygamy no, is multiple. Monogamy is right, one. one. Correct. Uh, sologamy is self. Like solo. Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord, come down. Okay. <laughs> so, why is this bad doctrine of the week? Because one. Jesus defines marriage, the Bible defines marriage as between one man, one woman, mm-hmm. meaning it can't just be one. And two, the whole purpose of marriage is to pour out your love on another person, not not thinking of yourself as more important than the other, but lowering yourself, humbling yourself, as Philippians 2 says, to um, look out for the best interest of the other one. Mm-hmm. And sologamy, right? Yep. Is not looking out for the best interest of the other person. It's looking out for the best interest of yourself, yep. which some of you maybe need to ask: Am I in sologamy within my own marriage? Right. Am I trying to look at what's best for me rather than what's best for my spouse? Yeah. Um, a good question we could probably all ask. Yeah. All right. Well, you got anything to to add? I thought it was a great first yeah. uh, podcast here. Yeah, it was fun. Digging yeah. deeper. Again, leave your comments. Um, we'd love to interact with you on that. Let us know if there's anything you know, you'd know like for us to discuss. Uh, you know, We may or may not be able to get to it, but we'd love to, to chat with you. Um, tune back in uh, next week for the second episode of the Digging Deeper podcast. All right. Thank you all. See you.